Good morning. Today's scripture is the fourth part in our series titled Unraveled. And it's an honor to be able to be a part of this sermon series and to be able to worship with First Congo in this way. When I was a kid, growing up in this very church, I loved Bible stories. I read the illustrated children's Bible over and over again, correcting my parents when they would shorten stories to get me to bed quicker. I was a bit of a zealot, you could say. And so it's funny that the story of Zacchaeus is the one I'm talking about today. My dad loves telling a story about me asking him one time who I thought was a worse guy between Zacchaeus and King Ahab, a Old Testament figure of derision. Now this story makes quite clear that Zacchaeus was not a great guy. He was the consummate sinner. He was a tax collector, preying on the weak and the poor as an extension of the oppressive Roman Empire. Tax collectors at this point were seen as the lowest of the low. They're constantly referred to in the Bible as prototypical examples of sinners. Zacchaeus was a bad guy, and this story makes that glaringly obvious. And so to us, his need to be unraveled from this insidious career is obvious. It's not complicated. The story is such that even a child can understand Zacchaeus' need for redemption. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems that the moral questions in real life tend to be much less clear-cut than the figure in our story today. The ethical questions in our lives don't seem so obvious all the time. The interconnectedness of the modern world has led to a decidedly complicated living and we are faced with trying to live justly in this world. This issue is raised comedically in this show that came out a few years ago called The Good Place. It's a show in which a few people are taken to an afterlife of sorts, where people are evaluated throughout their lives based on their actions, which determines whether they go to the good place or the bad place. In one episode, they see the machine which evaluates everybody, and it turns out that nowadays, nobody can seem to make a good decision. They use the example that when someone buys a tomato, they end up also supporting toxic pesticides, exploiting labor, and contributing to global warming. Buying something as simple as a tomato is not so simple as it seems. The questions are endless. For example, in what ways does buying products from big corporations endorse their behavior? When each of us have, how have, have each of us helped perpetuate systems of inequality and oppression? 
And how can we work to dismantle them? Where can we follow Zacchaeus towards Christ? These are a few of the seemingly endless list of questions, and they can feel overwhelmingly intricate at times. But I imagine Zacchaeus' life wasn't as straightforward as our scripture indicates either. He may have had a family, people to support, whatever the equivalent of an ancient mortgage was. I'm sure Zacchaeus used all of these reasons and more to justify his way of life for years before this incident. And yet, the love and justice that we see in Christ cuts right through it all and says simply to treat, that to treat others justly, to seek fellowship over dominion, is of the utmost importance. It's hard to deny that we are going through an unraveling right now, both societally and, I imagine, for many individually. These last few months, from a global pandemic to worldwide protests over systemic racism, we have had to rethink it all. From our daily routines to the systems that shape our lives and society. But I believe that God is entering our lives through a momentous unraveling of what we once knew. And we are being called to rethink, reframe, and reshape our world. It is complicated. But maybe, like Zacchaeus, if we keep God at the center of it all, justice for this messy world will become clearer. That people should come before things. That care for others should precede convenience. That justice takes work and sacrifice and concerted change. I imagine that Zacchaeus had quite a bit of adjusting to do, just as we are adjusting to a changing world now. Throughout these last few months, I have heard people time and again raising the question of what some new normal might look like going forward. I wonder if there's another way to think about it, though. I recently saw a Facebook post from a minister friend of mine in which she encouraged us to reframe this new normal as something different. Instead of trying to think about trying to find normalcy out of this change, we should be instead seeking God within this change. We should be looking for what new good has come about, what new beauty can be found in the turmoil, what new truth we can know about our lives and the world. Instead of the new normal, we should be seeking the new good, the new beautiful, and the new true. Zacchaeus is going to have to have his life turned around. Everything will change. And he may find some normalcy in his life. That's not a bad thing. 
But God is not simply bringing Zacchaeus to a new equilibrium. God is moving Zacchaeus to a new good, a more just way of life, a new beautiful, being able to mend the hurts he caused in the world, and a new true, that people are more important than the systems. This is what we should be looking for as well. As the unraveling in our lives happens, let us seek for God's work in it all and seek new goodness and truth that is coming out of it. It may not be simple and it may not be easy, but when God unravels our lives, it is so our world can be put back together in a new way something that looks just a little more like the kingdom of God. May we take these unraveled threads of our lives and weave them back together into something good, beautiful, and true. Amen.